Hello everyone, welcome to Cinema's Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver, and if you're tuning in, then you know that this show is all about the soft underbelly of cinema. It's all about the rarely seen, gems in the rough, movies that uh, that need to be discovered, movies that maybe shouldn't be discovered and need to be remain hidden. And uh, today I've got a uh, interesting show. Uh, a lot of times, I uh, because I'm a movie collector, I I get stacks of movies and uh, I watch them, and then it's almost like. I just I just comment on what I've recently watched, and I'm kind of going to do that today. Although it's going to lead to uh, a little bit more discussion on actual uh, studios releasing movies uh, or more boutique labels releasing movies to Blu-ray. And I've I know I've already hit on that uh, quite a while ago on one of my first episodes, uh, was talking about all of these boutique labels that are releasing these great movies. But I just wanted to chime in a little bit again. Uh, just because, uh, even since then, I've seen I've seen the shift of movies being released onto physical media even more so this way than when I started the show, which is not that terribly long ago. But um, I just thought I'd chime in on that, especially because of some of the titles that are actually being released. So uh, I've got three movies that I'm mainly going to be focusing on, and then I'm going to probably, like I said, I'm going to kind of delve into uh, some more info on. Just my thoughts on these boutique labels and what they're doing and what they mean to us as uh, movie collectors, especially genre fans. So um, I'm going to get started with uh, one movie that I watched here a couple days ago, and it's called Sorceress. And um, I remember seeing this movie in the video store when I was growing up and being obviously completely fascinated by the cover. Uh, this was made in 1982. And so when VHS rental stores came along, this was one of them that popped up quite frequently, along with the Death Stalker series. And basically, these are all Conan knockoffs. Uh, and this one here in particular, produced by Roger Corman and uh, uh, written by Jim Wynowski, uh, Jim Wynorski, sorry, Jim, Jim Wynorski. Uh, and directed by uh, Brian Stewart. So anyway, uh, the cover of the movie itself is just 80s, 80s greatness. Uh, any any kid over the age of 10 years old is going to take one look at this cover and be like, I, I want to watch that movie. It's got a flying dragon, a an ape man holding an axe, and a very, very scantily clad blonde uh, lady in a uh, obviously uh, Princess Leia-looking outfit, holding a sword with a snake crawling up her leg. Sorceress, there you go. And uh, what a movie. Man, what a movie. Uh, it is hilarious, of course. Uh, in fact, it's actually quite a bit funnier than some of the other Roger Corman-produced movies that I've seen, namely Piranha, Forbidden World, uh uh, Humanoids from the Deep, stuff like that. Those are those are great movies in their own right. But this takes Roger Corman uh, produced movies from the eighties to a whole new level. It is so bizarre. Uh, it's it's so bizarre, and they are obviously trying to uh, trying to go after 
the um, the Conan crowd, uh, but on a much, 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 much lower budget, obviously, and that's why these movies at this point in time uh, are so good, is because they reek of cheapness, and that's okay. Uh, that's why I like these. Conan the Barbarian is one of my favorite movies, yet this movie here, something about it, I watched it for the first time, and I'm like, that was great for what it was. Um, and I'm not going to get a whole lot into the storyline because it's literally, it's a Conan knockoff, except instead of a big hulking Arnold Schwarzenegger, you have literally two Playboy Playmates as the leads. And, and I'm being completely serious here. It's two bo- two Playboy p- Playmates uh, that are out to stop, uh, typical storyline, out to stop some evil wizard. There's a curse put on them. And somehow along, somewhere along the line, uh, this very wimpy looking barbarian dude is helping them out and a a viking looking guy and a uh a, a i don't know, a reject goat boy thing that that makes the weirdest noises that you've ever heard in a movie uh and there's copious amounts of nudity and uh, and honestly the special effects for what they are are uh, surprisingly decent uh, I think mainly because John Carl Beekler helped out with the special effects, and John Carl Beekler went on to do stuff like Friday the Thirteenth, The New Blood, directing wise. Uh, but he is a he's a special effects artist, and he's got tons of great credits to his name, and uh, and this was one of them. So the special features on this Blu-ray are really really interesting to listen to, mainly because uh, there was some headbutting between Roger Corman and the director. And so Roger Corman chimes in, Jim Wynorski chimes in, and post-production supervisor Clark Henderson chimes in. And it's very interesting to hear all of their different takes on how this went. The director was going through a uh, a religious experience at the time of this movie, when he was making this movie. So the movie clocked in at almost two hours long. And you can't make movies like this at two hours long. You lose your... The audience that you're going after, you lose them. And Roger Corman... I've seen enough Roger Corman movies to kind of know at this point what, obviously, what Roger Corman's all about, but also, he likes fast-paced movies, and I, I appreciate that. I like that. That's, I think, one of the reasons why I adore Forbidden World, is at 75 minutes, you're in and out and done, and you got your your sci-fi gore, and you got your nudity, and you got your cheesy acting, and it's great fun, and you're done. The same as can be said about Sorceress, but originally this was a much, much longer movie. So it was edited down heavily, and I am very glad it was. I have no interest watching any more than the... This is 83 minutes, but of course, uh, with a lot of Roger Corman movies, the end credits, and even sometimes the beginning credits, the opening credits, are really padded. They move real slow, uh, and uh, which... I get the biggest kick out of it. It's like, okay, yeah, here comes the four minutes or five minutes worth of end credits for a movie that probably has about a minute's worth of end credits if you'd keep it at the regular speed and everybody that was involved. Anyway, I'm just talking here. Uh, So, yeah, the storyline is honestly almost inconsequential to this. You just sit back, you pour yourself a drink, and you have a good laugh. I'm already looking forward to watching this one again. Uh especially for my show, anything with a cover like this that was made in the early 80s 
um, is either going to be a gem in the rough or a, I hate to say so bad it's good type of like mystery science theater type thing, but that's kind of what this is. But I don't want to discredit the movie for, for what it is and what they attempted to do. And I, I think it was, I think it's a, a cool little movie. And uh, I urge anybody out there, if you're into the swords and sandals subgenre, uh, try to try to get this movie watched at some point. It's worth a uh, purchase on Blu-ray, especially to hear the interviews and just to see what went into making this this crazy little thing. And it is a crazy little movie. Uh, and another thing that's really cool about it is it they they really tried to make it feel bigger than it is. Uh, Jim Wynorski actually, or uh, I'm sorry, John Carl Beekler actually added some special effects to cut the trailer for this movie. And Corman liked it so much that he's like, let's shoehorn this into the movie. So it's in the movie, and and it's one of the best sequences in the entire movie is some of the the special effects that John Carl Beekler did to get in the movie. So I think that's really I think that's really cool. So and I commend Scorpion releasing for bringing this movie to Blu-ray. I just I really hope that there's there's uh, Barbarian Queen one and two I believe and Deathstalker series. There's a lot of the sword and sandals low-budget movies that came out in the 80s after the success of Conan the Barbarian. And even Conan the Destroyer, uh, I think, falls into the almost this type of cheesy knockoff of Conan the Barbarian. Because I think Conan the Barbarian is A-lister all the way through. Production values, score, uh, acting, everything about Conan the Barbarian is like the ultimate sword and sandals movie uh, that has not been equaled. I've never seen another Barbarian type movie that comes close to touching uh, John John Miles's original Conan the Barbarian and so many movies try and, inc- and that includes Conan the Destroyer they tried to emulate the first one and it didn't work although it's still a cool movie but it's a cool movie in the way that Sorceress is a cool movie so take that for what it's worth in fact that's something to go off of if you enjoyed Conan the Destroyer uh, then you'll probably enjoy Movies like Sorceress, although Sorceress embraces its R rating, where Conan the Destroyer was saddled with a PG rating and uh, a strong PG rating. Upon rewatching that movie, you're I'm, I'm quite surprised that they got away with that rating because it is it's a light R nowadays, in my opinion. So uh, and or PG thirteen, obviously. So anyway, um, Sorceress, cool movie. Thank you, Scorpion, for releasing it. Um, moving on to the next one. Next one is called Exterminators of the Year 3000. And another one, just like Sorceress, you'd think with such a cool cover, it can't be that good, right? Wrong. It is that good. Uh, it's, again, for for what this type of movie is, you have to appreciate this type of thing to enjoy this movie. If you're not into... for the, in, for, for instance, this here, if you're not into post-apocalyptic Italian Mad Max knockoffs, then guess what? You're not going to like this movie. If, however, you do like Mad Max-type movies, especially that are made on the cheap and in Italy with Italian actors, with Italian music and all that good stuff, then you'll probably have a ball with this movie, because I did. I watched this last night, and um, I don't. I'm not near as familiar with with the sword and sandals and the Mad Max knockoffs as I am the horror horror movies. These are not horror movies. And I watch anything and everything horror. So some of these are kind of new to me uh, to a certain extent, although they all kind of still fit 
into the underbelly banner. And this one, this one does in spades. Uh, I'm going to read the back of the Blu-ray here. And the Blu-ray, this is a, this is a uh, Shout Factory release. This was supposed to be a double feature with, I believe it was called Jaws of Death, which is a an Italian Jaws knockoff. And because of the footage in the movie, I guess they weren't able to secure the rights to the movie because it steals stuff from other movies. Um, but I guess it's it's... The movie is plagiarism at its finest. So Jaws of Death is not included on this as a double feature, and instead we just get Exterminators of the Year 3000. And that's fine with me. The cover is just so cool. Um, the tagline is, A Futuristic Film of Survival. Because why not, right? It is. Uh, in a post-apocalyptic future where the Earth is a desert and water is the most precious substance of all, a band of survivors must turn to a mysterious stranger to battle a ruthless gang of motorcycle psychos for control of the wasteland and the water. A glorious crash of guns, nuclear fallout, and synthesizers make this a must-see for anyone who's been longing for the day in which they can finally get beyond Thunderdome. Waka waka. There you go. Uh... Haven't watched any of the special features yet. Just watched the movie last night. I would chime in on the actors and uh, the director and all that stuff, but honestly, I have no idea who any of them are. Uh, but it was filmed in Italy. That is obvious from frame one to the very end. This is an Italian production, and it's great. Uh, it actually reminds me, of, well, it's supposed to remind you of Mad Max, but some of the car stunts in this movie are, are not just impressive. They're downright... Dangerous to where you're like, I should probably do a do a little research to see if anybody was killed making this movie because that didn't look remotely safe and obviously this movie has a low budget. Uh, so did anyone die? Um, and to that, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, but regardless, it's one of those movies. And Mad Max, uh, especially The Road Warrior, the second one felt like that through the whole thing is who's going to really die in this movie because the uh, the stunts are so crazy and the same as... For this one here, but this is this one here. Um, for some reason, uh, this one feels a bit like uh, a spaghetti western, if that even makes sense. Uh, but it does. It the whole storyline and the story arc and how things happen in the movie. It feels like uh, a, a spaghetti western set in the future, and instead of horses and six shooters. They have cars and little ray guns. Um, the storyline is very similar. Is you know you got your lone hero and there's usually a kid and a, and some hot chick in the movie, and they're all trying to accomplish something. And here comes the bad guys, and it's a whole horde of bad guys. They're always outnumbered, always. And there's usually a sidekick that's going to get knocked off at some point in the movie. And it follows a very uh, uh, the story arc is is very similar to a lot of spaghetti westerns that I've seen. Uh, and and a lot of other movies, in fact, it's you know it's the hero trying to overcome the odds. But this one here in particular, watching, I'm like, this feels like a uh, futuristic spaghetti western, and that's a compliment. That is truly a compliment to this movie. It's funny, I popped the bl- the Blu-ray in, and this this movie is already getting uh, getting trashed online for uh, for its transfer. It's oh, they cleaned it up too much. Dis- digital noise reduction. It looks like an eight millimeter movie. Blah blah. No, it doesn't. No, it just. If you're thinking about getting the movie, it's 15 bucks. Buy it. It looks fine for the movie, that, for the type of movie that it is. I'm just, I appreciate the fact that it is on Blu-ray. Uh, I think it looks just fine. It's not supposed to look great. It's, uh, 
you know, oh, the faces look waxy. No, no, they don't. It just looks like a high-def, low-budget movie. It's thumbs up uh, on the transfer. It's it's not going to win any awards. It's not supposed to. Uh, but I have a problem with that, by the way. Uh, I understand I understand that some movies look better than others, and some transfers look better than others, and it's because of the way that they're they're uh, you know they're mastered. Um, but oh, this movie looks terrible, and then you watch it, and you're like, what? This this looks fine. This uh, what are you talking about? They released uh, they removed all the film grain, or there's too much film grain, or eh, give me a break. Whatever. Uh, this movie looks the best that I'm sure it ever will. Uh, well, uh, that's going to kind of delve into another subject now. But um, I just appreciate that, that Shout Factory released this movie. Uh, and also, Blue Underground is releasing three movies to coincide with the release of Mad Max in theaters this summer. And uh, The New Gladiators, Bronx Warrior, and Bronx something or other, something else. I'll get them. I guarantee I'm going to get them. The covers are... Every bit as cool, if not cooler, than Exterminators of the Year 3000, and I'm totally in, totally in uh, for those. So that that will be uh, a review later this year when I watch those. Can't wait for those. But Blue Underground, Underground is releasing those. Shout Factory released this. Um, so now I want to, before I get into, if, if I have time, I'm going to touch on the last movie that I've that I've watched that I wanted to, to talk about a little bit. But uh, these boutique labels... Um, the longer we go with physical media, it, to me, it seems like obviously streaming is going to be taking over, and the the big majors, the big major studios, have grind have they've they've grinded their their um, their catalog release titles to a minimum. It seems to me they're still releasing some, um, but it is nowhere near like it was back in Blu-ray's heyday. And I, I understand, you know, we're moving on to streaming. That's fine. But what I what I do appreciate and what I want to talk about a little bit right now was the fact that these boutique labels are popping up more and more and they're really taking the reins on, on releasing physical media that myself as a collector, and there's tons of more collectors out there, appreciate that some of these movies are getting a, a release that they normally never would have. Even though some of these are on Blu-ray, or I'm sorry, some of these are on DVD and VHS, they don't look like they do now. And this might be the best that they ever look. So a movie like uh, like Sorceress, for example, and, and Exterminators, um, you know, I, they might pop up streaming in somewhat good quality, but I can't imagine they're going to touch the Blu-rays. Uh, they might down the road, but... Uh, half the fun of a collector for collecting these things is the cool artwork and the special features that interviews, uh, especially movies that are this old, um, just to hear how things were done back then. It's really interesting, and to hear how how movies were made. And I mean, they were, these are still shot on film movies, and so even though they are low budget, they feel uh, bigger than they probably are anymore. You know, you watch. I'd say at least three times out of five on Netflix, if you click on a recently added horror movie, I would guess three times out of five, and I watch them a lot, you're going to see some cheap shot on HD camera horror movie quickie that sucks. And then you pop in one of these movies on Blu-ray, and you're like, wow, this looks good. This is shot on film. This looks as professional as they can for a low-budget shot in, uh, in fact, Sorceress was shot in Mexico. Uh, or, you know, Exterminator shot in Italy. It's like, it's low budget. Yeah, they didn't have much money to work with, but they were shot on film. And 
it has that film look, and even the the score is better, bigger, better, whatever. It's hard for me to describe because some of the acting is is no better or worse than the the some of the junk that's released on Netflix nowadays. And I've tr- I've watched crap on Netflix. Um, and it's like, yeah, you've got a nice HD camera, and this looks like high def video, and whatever. I don't care. Give me a good storyline. Uh, anymore, I'll take older film stock over this high def video any day. Um, and high def video works fantastic for big budget movies. Even even it falls into uh, certain categories. You know, when you get into the uh, found footage stuff, which is kind of run its course, but. Uh, or documentaries or stuff like that. Great, that's awesome. I just watched a uh, documentary on Netflix called Damnation. It was fantastic, and part of the reason it was so good. Well, there's numerous reasons why it was so good, but part of the reason was because it was ex- it was shot exquisitely. The HD footage was phenomenal. Um, but you take that same HD footage and you plop it into some low budget horror movie that costs sixty thousand bucks with a bunch of you know college grad no name actors that don't really can't really act and you got another another Netflix piece of crap and they're out there in spades trust me uh, so anyway I appreciate the fact that these labels are releasing these movies especially now in the uh, in the later years of the Blu-ray format that that uh, a lot of these boutique labels are still pumping out movies that you would be surprised are getting released and there is still hundreds and hundreds of movies that some haven't even got a DVD, a proper DVD release. And some of them are now seeing Blu-ray releases. And I think that's fantastic. Arrow, uh, Arrow UK is a, another prime example of a quality studio. And I've talked about them before numerous times. Uh, but since my last time I, I pimped those guys over there doing their awesome Blu-ray releases, they're now going to be releasing Blu-rays over here in the States. And I think that's fantastic. Um, I believe uh, Mark of the Devil and Contamination, and there's a Mario Bava movie, I think maybe Blood and Black Lace. Uh, I think those are going to be coming out in the States here. Uh, Spaghetti Western, A uh, a Happiness of the Kitakuris, I believe, is coming out. But anyway, regardless, Arrow is going to be starting to release Blu-rays. That's awesome. Um, Code Red and Scorpion are... uh, they're more and more getting into really more obscure titles, and they're releasing them as limited editions. So, uh, Sorority House Massacre is one of them. And uh, I actually ordered, I have one coming from Code Red called the Eerie, uh, the Eerie Midnight Picture Movie or something like something to that effect. I don't know. I've never heard of it before. The cover is crazy. It cost me 25 bucks, and it's going to be rare, and it's going to, it will be a collectible. Uh, also ordered a uh, title called Don't Answer the Phone from uh, Diabolic DVD. And they, uh, they have, they've got all sorts of, if you're interested in, in obtaining uh, Blu-rays from around the world and limited release niche titles, uh, Diabolic DVD is the company to go to. I actually have on order. Uh, don't answer the phone from Scorpion, and some of these are they're hard to get a hold of. You uh, you see that there might be twenty copies available one day, and then they're gone, and you don't see any for weeks. And uh, and once they're sold out, they're done. Uh, I'm still hoping uh, that I can. There's a couple Code Red titles that have at this point been pretty much you don't you don't see them anymore. 
And so I'm holding out hope that I'm able to snag a couple of those. And the thing is with these titles, they're not cheap at all. They are not cheap. You're going to pay uh, $20 on the low end for them. But more than likely, you're going to be paying, if you're in the States, probably $25, $30. Bucks. If you're uh, anywhere else in the world, you're going to be paying more than that to get it shipped. Uh, but the what makes it worthwhile is the fact that they are so collectible. And it's not like you can just pop on Amazon and eh, add to my cart, buy, whatever. It's 13 bucks. No, this is only available on one or two sites. And you have to do your research, and that's how you find them. And they are collectible. And I love collectible stuff. I love collectible movies. So, uh, and there, it just seems like there's more and more. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome is another one that uh, that released great movies. And Grindhouse, uh, unfortunately, from what I hear, uh, the the uh, the president of Grindhouse Pictures, I believe, is closing up shop. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I've been reading online. I've been hearing rumbles that. There are some more movies that they're going to release on the Grindhouse label, and then they're going to be done. And that is so unfortunate. Um, they've got some great titles. As long as they can still get Pieces out and Cannibal Pharaoh out, uh, and there's a couple other titles that I would really hope that if they uh, still have the rights to, and I believe they do, that they release those movies. Uh, I'm glad that they released Cannibal Holocaust and some of the other movies that they've released. Uh, they are like... When they release a movie, it's criterion quality. Even for the movie that they're releasing, it is, uh, it's, they're fantastic releases. And so I really, really hope that they release as much of their catalog as possible before they close up shop. Or at the very least, maybe uh, sell it and whoever takes over Grindhouse still does what, what, uh, what had been going on right now. So uh, anyway, uh, but that's... That's kind of my derail into the collectability and kind of what's going on within the world of Blu-ray right now. A lot of uh, and, and another thing that studios are doing is is when a new release, a new releases are still popping up on Blu-ray every week, uh, but it's it's almost like they split up the special features on onto. So Best Buy has this special feature on Blu-ray, Target has this, Walmart has this, Amazon has this, or packaging. Uh, Best Buy has a steelbook and. Uh, Walmart has a lenticular cover and whatever, blah, 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 blah. And there, so they all are almost spread out. You're not really seeing any more uh, one definitive release of a movie. Unless it's something like, well, when you get away from the new releases and you get into more of the niche market, Criterion, uh, stuff like that, it's it's one size fits all. It's whatever is being released, that's it. You're not going to be getting multiple versions with special features spread out over three or four different releases. Um, the only difference would be sometimes movies are released on, on Steelbook as well as then standard uh, DVD. Synopsy has done that with Demons. Arrow has done that. Uh, and there's a couple other companies that, that will release a Steelbook version and then a standard version. But it's not like you're not going to be getting the special features or anything like that. So uh, anyway, and it is nice. I, I will say this also. Uh, just because it seems like the United States has slowed down some on releasing catalog titles, uh, stuff, you know, companies like Lionsgate they don't release any any uh, catalog titles anymore, and they've got they're sitting on a they're, they're sitting on a pile of movies that I would love to have on Blu-ray, um, but nope, they're, they're I guess they're done. Um, as far as streaming goes, they stream more then. If you're not going to release them on Blu-ray, then let's see them on, on streaming. Let's see them on Netflix and Amazon Prime and Crackle and all those channels. Nope. Um, 
but anyway, it's uh, uh, because they're not. There's other countries that are, and I like that. Although it gets very costly to import, uh, but there's a lot of other com- you know ger- countries: Germany, the UK, France, Australia. Um, even Japan, uh, a lot of these countries are still releasing, remastering and releasing Blu-rays. And so some of them I'm, I continue to import. I've got a couple heading my way from Germany. Um, I've given thought to importing uh, Deep Star 6 from Japan, uh, although that is on Netflix and that is a cool movie. I've talked about that before. Uh, but sometimes you just, if you really, really like a movie uh, and you're a, a movie fiend like I am, you'll do a little research and, oh, okay, well, that movie is available in Japan, okay? Is it region-free? Oh, it's not? Okay, well, then I better have a region, uh, uh, all-region-playing Blu-ray device or a region-B Blu-ray, Blu-ray device, which I have, and then you import it. And that's how you watch every movie that you want to watch if it's available on Blu-ray. So, um, anyway, that's my tangent. I didn't even get to the third movie, which... Which, my third movie was going to be Chopping Mall from Jim Wynorski, his second directorial movie from 1986, I believe. Uh, But I'll get into that at another time because um, I want to dedicate more time to that movie than 30 seconds. So, uh, that is going to do it for me today. Thanks for listening. I do uh, hope that you give these movies a chance. And at the very least... um, uh, look into them, and if it's something that you see you might be interested in, b- buy them on Blu-ray. Support support these small boutique labels. Uh, get them in your collection, and that way that way more of these movies are going to get released. Because this is I-, I love this this stage of the game for Blu-ray, where you're just seeing an influx of of these types of movies versus when the format started, where it was just you know Spider-Man again and you know, die hard and that's great, but I love these smaller movies. So anyway, uh, you can get a hold of me at Eugene-Weaver at hotmail.com for any questions, comments, anything that you want to chime in on. I'd love to hear from you. Make sure to tune into Cinema's Sidekicks. They're on iTunes. There are our friends talking new release stuff and they're always a pleasure to listen to. And of course, uh, the other show that I'm on with my co-host Eric Marner, Movie Freaks. Uh, stay tuned for another great episode coming your way on that. They're on We're on iTunes as well. Uh, and, of course, if you're listening here, you know that I'm on iTunes, of course. So uh, until next time, thanks again for listening, and uh, I'm Eugene Weaver. Bye. Bye.